In this part two of my interview with Sandy Alnock, she shares her passion for blogging and how to sustain managed content creation, getting started with creative entrepreneurship, the truth about leaving 9 to 5 to pursue art, the one word that limit us from realizing our full potential, how to become an effective art teacher, color theory as a fundamental step in art creation, and three actionable steps to get you motivated to create. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etcherlab.com. What better way to celebrate the love month than writing love letters? Yes, you got it right. This love month, we are celebrating with our community by reading your art love letters here on the podcast. So in the spirit of love and sharing, head on over to etcherlab.com slash artloveletter and submit your messages to your favorite artist. We are so excited and can't wait to read all of them. In this week's Art Love Letter, we are reading from a grateful Vancouver Island student to Ian DeHoop. He wrote, Thank you for being the most amazing teacher. The way you teach allows beginners to create amazing works of art in 90 minutes. I have taken as many of your classes as I can find and I'm so amazed at the quality of my final product thanks to your instruction. I'm so happy you are part of Etcher as it is an amazing platform. Wow, thank you for your kind words and keep those letters coming. Hey, this is Jesse from Etcher. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. Join us in this journey and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. I know that you have done blogging as well, and I'm interested to know so what led you to start that blog, and what is the content of the blog? Was it tutorials or tips and tricks about making art, making cars or crafting. What led you to create the blog, Sandy? I actually started my blog literally because I went on a trip to Israel. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I wanted a place to share the, the journey with my family and share mm-hmm. pictures. So the very first earliest blog posts have no art on them at all. It's just really? pictures from a, a trip that I took. <laughs> Yeah, And it was around the same time that I was starting to make the cards. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I could post some cards on online. There yeah. were other people that were doing that. I could do that too. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I just posted single pictures of cards. And I might say a little bit about how I made them, but it wasn't tutorial related necessarily. Eventually that grew into the charity and making videos to teach people how to make cards and teaching more about art. And it's grown since then and changed and morphed (laughs) over the years so many times. And currently I, I do two videos a week on YouTube. One is more of a, a small actionable type of thing, Mm -hmm. giving people something to get started on. Like, you know, the, the week that we're recording this right now is rabbits. Mm -hmm. So on Monday, I taught people how to draw a simple pair of rabbits And then later in the week, I show people something more advanced. So Mm -hmm. you get the idea of where you can go with that kind of an idea, Mm -hmm. starting from a a basic seed. And here's something spectacular that you might not try right now, but you can get there. Mm -hmm. And all week long, I share all different kinds of tips on 
the theme. So I'm doing all kinds of rabbit things right now. And it's been just oh, a lot of fun no. to do a deeper dive and a deeper study by extending a theme for a week at a time. So I'm trying this right now on my blog and my YouTube just to see how that goes. And I, I feel free to change my blog up anytime I want. <laughs> and I do that on a regular basis, just depending on where I'm at in my journey. I love that there are no restrictions and you're not aiming for anything that would, you know, when we talk about social media, right. And as a creative, um, I've read, and I think it was also mentioned in one of the interviews that as an artist, it's different from being a content creator. So with you, I guess it it's because you have this mission and so everything that you do on your blog, whatever content that you're creating, it is rooted in that mission. And it reflects in your tutorials. And like what you said earlier, you know, I'm free to change it into whatever form. I'm free to do anything that I want to teach, I want to share. And that's really refreshing uh, for someone who has been doing this uh, for a really long time and who has an engaged community on social media that you are staying true to your mission and that is to share your gifts and to teach others to get to that point of creating. Let's talk about 2013 when you made that decision to quit your nine to five job. Was that a, yeah. So childhood going back to the memory lane. What made you decide to go full-time in art? Because that is a decision that I think a lot of artists right now are like battling inside our head. Should I pursue this creative, you know, entrepreneurship and journey and leave the stability of a nine to five job? How can you share a little bit more on how you arrived to that decision? Well, I have a unique position because at the time I still had the charity and the charity had grown to the point where I could pay myself minimum wage from the charity. So I knew that I at least had a little tiny bit of money that I could bring in for a transition. So as I was starting to try to build my business as an artist, mm-hmm. I had that as a backup. Most people wouldn't have that if they just cold just said, I'm quitting my job. I'm running away. Yeah. <laughs> Go join the art circus. Um, my recommendation might be to start an Etsy store or start selling prints or something while you still have a day job so that you have some transition as you start moving toward that. It's hard to do because that transition is going to be a lot of hours of of work because you still need to maintain an income and feed yourself and put a roof over your head. Mm-hmm. I was lucky that all of mine was tied together. So the charity that I was running was the thing that was helping me to move everything else forward. Mm -hmm. But since I was trying to build an independent art business outside of that, I was still working a lot of hours, but the decision was made because I couldn't any longer keep up running a charity full-time and doing a full-time job Mm -hmm. and then trying to also start a side business. I mean, it was just I was pulled in too many directions and finally I had to admit, okay, I have to either do this or decide I'm not going to do it. And that's what, what really pulled that trigger. So my recommendation would definitely be to try to see if you can start some small steps toward being an independent artist, whether you're going to find a gallery that 
that would host your work, that sort of thing. Work on some of those items so that when you make that leap, when you decide you're going to start full-time as an artist, that you have some kind of income income stream. Yeah. Most artists, as far as as people that I know, have multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be that your Etsy store is your entire art world. You're going to have to have other things, partnerships with brands, uh, teaching, all different kinds of things that you can get into, but you need to put together enough things that you can live off of it or else you'll be the starving artist that my mother a lot of people are so scared to say i, I want to go full-time because you know i, I don't want to live up to the quote-unquote starving artist that everyone keeps you know saying every time that pe- someone would want to venture into the world of like i said the art circus thank you for sharing that i hope that gives a boost of confidence to anyone who is thinking maybe of of pursuing a life in art and considering leaving their nine to five. Um, okay. So nine years of doing art alone. Is that right? How has, how have you changed as an artist all those years? Oh boy. That has been quite the journey. Mm-hmm. When I began this and there, there are people who have watched my journey this whole time and said they've they've seen the changes as well. I have become more, more leaning into my fine art than I ever had considered that I would be mm-hmm. because I thought I was always going to just be a card maker. And I say just because a lot of people use that word when they yeah. say, I just do this. I just sketch. I just whatever. We belittle the work that we're doing. Right. And I was always telling myself, well, I'm just a person who makes cards. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I'm going to be. And what I started realizing is that I was enjoying that blank piece of paper. I was enjoying the freedom that I was getting because of that blank piece of paper. And the blank piece of paper came about because I was teaching people how to color with stamps. And then the stamps would go out of print. You couldn't buy them anymore. So the old tutorial wasn't worth anything. Mm -hmm. So I started teaching on blank paper so that people could take that forest. And instead of having the bear in it, Mm -hmm. if the bear was no longer available as a stamp, they could put a fox in it and make the background. But the more I did that, the more I realized, oh, I want a bigger piece of paper. Oh, I I want, I want to paint a bigger thing. I I want to paint something that might be framed on my wall. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll try that. I wonder if I could do that. And then I tried it and I found out I could do it. And then I thought, well, what if I did a really big piece of paper? Oh, uh-huh. what if I tried this? And everything became a what if. Okay. And as, as I've developed as an artist, now my what if is the first question I wake up with in the morning. Mm-hmm. What if I tried this today? I don't know what would happen. I might fail at it and that's okay. It's something to learn. Yeah. And it's just paper. I have more paper. I can get more paper. (laughs) So why not try it and see what happens? Mm -hmm. And that, that has been a real transformation because when I said the words, I'm just a card maker, which was a silly thing to belittle because card makers still are artists. I was blocking myself from this. What if world Mm -hmm. I was keeping myself away from the possibilities that were out there in front of me. 
So that's why I try to help people get past those those blocks that we put in front of ourselves. I put that block in front of me mm-hmm. and said, I am just this and I'll never be able to do that. Right. And right. when you do that, you're limiting your own possibilities and you'll never make that progress that you want to see. The limiting belief. I, I so agree with that. The, the word just is thrown in, you know, every time that we introduce ourselves and what we do, we always throw in that word. And I'm not sure if it's a filler. I, you and I both know that in Toastmaster, <laughs> is that a filler or is it something that people really use because they don't believe in what they do? They don't appreciate what they do or they think that it's really just a job or, you know, whatever that they're they're doing but thank you for sharing that sandy because i am sure a lot of people probably are checking in how do i introduce myself now do i use the word just and what i do or should i remove that and be proud and own it that this is what i do yeah absolutely let's talk about teaching i know that you this has always been your dream to be an art teacher and I love when you were sharing that story that someone told you that, oh, maybe it's not a type of job that you should be pursuing. But then eventually, you know, it came full circle and you are now realizing that dream. You are enjoying it. And that's what's amazing, I believe, in, in our journey, right? That the desires of our heart, definitely the Lord will, will honor that. And with you, that's really evident. So... Talking about the style of teaching, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, when someone would want to learn watercolor, and then you reverse engineer and you studied watercolor and then share it. But over the years and through the many students that you have taught art, what would you say is your teaching style and how did you develop that? Oh, that's a better question for my students, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I will tell you what people say about me Mm -hmm. is that I make it sound doable. So when they watch one of my tutorials or take one of my classes, they, the words that I hear back from them are, you make me think I could really, I could really do that. You give me confidence that I could do it. And whether or not they'll do it to the level that I am teaching it at or not, if it gives them the confidence to just go at that piece of paper. I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm thrilled that they're making any kind of a step. I try to break things down as simply as I can, but not to dumb down the idea. Mm. So I teach color theory in a lot of my classes, okay. which a lot of people won't even approach because they're like, well, that's too hoity-toity. That's all art yeah. and fancy. Yeah. But when you're even coloring a small thing, you're drawing a little tree yeah. You need to know enough about color theory to know which colors to pick to make that tree look realistic. Yes. So I try to, to bring in things like color theory and design and perspective and, and teach those basic foundations of art that are going to stand people well for the, the test of time. If you learn the foundations at the beginning of your art journey, or at least partway into your art journey, Mm -hmm. it's never too late to pick them up. But if you learn to draw, if you learn the basics of drawing, you learn the basics of how to create a shadow, Mm -hmm. it's going to last you your lifetime because those are the kinds of things that I want to embed so deeply in my students 
that when they go to draw something that is not in the class, they've always wanted to draw their dog, mm-hmm. but they've, they've found that there were lessons that I taught on drawing a bear that applied to their dog. Uh-huh. That's the kinds of things that I try to teach so that you can move on in whatever it is you want to do without me holding your hand, because I've given you the tools you need in order to create whatever it is that is your vision. I'm really excited for your class with that share, because I'm sure those are the type of questions that most beginners, when I was starting out uh, painting watercolor, those are some of the questions that I had. And hearing you talk about in the sense that you are creating this technique that are simple and doable, but at the same time, repeatable. Like what you said, that the, those techniques that you, when you're painting a bear, you can also replicate it when painting another animal. I think that's really a key factor for a teacher to be able to impart it to their students. That, that even though you are no longer in the room or in a virtual class, that they would, say, well, they would still be able to do it. So talking about the class that you will be teaching with us, I know you, we don't have the details of that yet, and we will definitely include that in the show notes of the podcast. But if there's something that you might probably be considering to teach our students and, and at sure, what would that oh. be? There's a, there's a huge list of things I would love to teach. And I, I am excited to, uh, to have further conversations with the at your team about what that will be, whether it's watercolor or colored pencil or sketching, or I love pen and ink. I mean, I just, I love, I love so many mediums. I love all the mediums. (laughs) And whatever it is, I am, uh, I'm hoping that it's going to be a subject matter that even if you don't work in that medium mm-hmm. that you're going to learn something from that's that's a goal that i have for this particular class that if i teach you how to draw a tree at a particular angle because there's a, a a thought i have in my mind about drawing a tree looking straight up at it mm-hmm. like it's just a really unique view of a tree right. it'll teach how to draw a tree in general, because we'll have to draw the bark, we'll have to do the, the leaves of the tree mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And whatever medium it is, if I do it in watercolor, then I want you to come away knowing some tips for how to do it in colored pencil or how to how to do the basic drawing of it. So whatever medium you want to use, at least you understand that basic so that you can move forward in something else. Because I love when the teaching that I do gets turned into something totally that I wasn't teaching, that somebody takes a seed of that yeah. and goes somewhere else with it. I just get so thrilled. I was one of those people, and, and I'm, I'm terrible as a student in classes. I'll just tell people that right now. <laughs> when, when I take a class, I see the teacher make whatever they're making, and I go, oh, okay, I get that concept. And I want to go paint something different, but with that concept. Mm. Instead of trying to replicate exactly what they've done, when I was uh, many years, many years younger than I am, I went to a uh, a home. It was kind of like if you've known about Tupperware clubs or something yeah. in homes, they do selling of things. Well, they have stamping groups that sell stamps, but mm-hmm. you do it in a home and there's a representative and stuff. So a friend of mine was a representative of a company. And I went to her house and they had a demonstration and everybody was supposed to make the same card. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I made a different card because everybody else was making that card. So what if I flipped it upside down and did this and did that with it? And I didn't know that for years, she didn't want to invite me to these because I always did something different. (laughs) That's so funny. I happen to love when students do something totally different. Rather than trying to imitate exactly what I do, because I want them to just get that seed of an idea and get that inspiration and then run with it. I just Mm -hmm. go crazy with it, whatever you want to make. So while a lot of people will replicate exactly what I give them, that's what I'm, I'm hoping that whatever I end up teaching with Etcher and, and wherever that goes, that people will make of it what they will and just use it as a start of inspiration. And just try something new. I think that's, that's, that's really, I, I love that because most of the time when someone teaches, you would want them to replicate what you just taught them, right? So normally that's, that's sort of like what's, you know, expected from, if you teach something, then the, that's the route that the student will take is to replicate it exactly. But with you- and most will. Yeah, most will. <laughs> yes, most will. Um, but with you, it's, taking that seed and then letting it flourish and grow. And then you're free to transform it into whatever form of art and use your creativity to create something out of that seed that you planted. I'm really excited for your class. I'm sure it's going to be great. <laughs> so we'll definitely share with you the details of that. But we're, we're nearing the, the end of the episode and I've been loving our chat, Sandy. I learned so much and for anyone who would like to start making art, and you touch on this in, in their conversation as to what they should start with, actionable steps. But if, let's say we have three golden nuggets that we would want to leave them for someone who would want to kickstart their art journey, what would they be? Well, my first piece of advice I always give to everybody is to create something every day, even if it's 10 minutes. If it's just a little something, take a sketchbook and draw something every day. If you're, if you want to learn to draw flowers, just draw a flower every day. You can go to the internet and find a tutorial, or you can just draw a flower every day and watch the growth start. Second tip is to focus on the foundations, the Mm -hmm. fundamentals, because a lot of people want to jump to a finished painting of... (laughs) the mountain and they're all excited about the finished painting and they don't want to draw the mountain. Yes. And if you don't draw the mountain, right, you're not going to be able to paint the mountain. Right. We want to skip over to the fun part. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those foundations are what's going to actually get us to the fun part. So study the foundations as best you can and, and really work with, with that. And third, Remember that you're capable. Mm-hmm. Don't let yourself do all that negative talk in your head and repeat things that you have repeated for years about your own possibilities because you can limit yourself so much more than anybody else can. And that is just not a place you want to go when it comes to art because art is an expression of who you are right now, it's not an expression of who you are in the second grade when that teacher stepped over your artwork. Yeah. You are a a person who can make decisions for yourself and create out of where you're at at the moment. 
and you don't have to live in those other things that have limited you in the past. Beautiful words from Sandy. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience, your journey with us. Oh my, I I I I don't want this interview to end, but I'm like I said, I'm excited for your class, and I'm sure I'll be speaking with you again um, to talk about your class. And thank you for for being on Make More Art and for agreeing to do this interview with me. Uh, I look forward to you mentioned that you're developing an app, so I look forward to that and to all your classes and hopefully, I mean, I mean the students, of course, who will be learning from you. I'm sure they will benefit a lot from from your classes and from what they just heard from this interview so thank you sandy for being on the show well thank you so much for having me it was a really fun chat to have with you thank you sandy please stay safe and i'll catch up with you again next time thank you Bye. bye hope you enjoyed this episode with sandy as much as i did which of the actionable steps Sandy mentioned would you like to get started? Do let us know through the comments associated with this podcast at outrolab.com Sandy. We would love to hear your thoughts, so please drop us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast or you can find us on YouTube at Outro Studio. And, oh, hitting the subscribe button is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again next time. Until then, let's make more art.